0: Well, welcome back to another episode. Episode? Is that the right word? An installment. Another installment of the Parenting Pathway podcast. Uh, my name is Pastor Dave Carl. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Nathan Coast, Pastor Nathan Kosurik, who is our student ministries pastor. And that group um, consists of 7th uh, grade through 12th grade. Sixth grade now, Dave. Sixth we've, grade through twelve. We added
1: grade.
0: in the sixth grade. Yeah, we did, we switched over to the middle school thing. So, um, and he's responsible for all of those kids, all of their <laughs> behavior, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and, That's right. And he can he can do miracles with your with your kid. Just bring them here to Stonebriar, and we'll we'll fix them.
1: Oh, yeah. If they won't do the dishes or pick up their dirty socks, we'll take care of it. That's
0: what Nathan does for a living. So <laughs> glad to have you with us. Today, we are going to talk about the singular purpose of Christianity. Does that does that seem too big? or too that's ominous?
1: Big. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty bold claim.
0: Um, and the reason that that we want to, to, to talk about this, to cover this topic is if you get this wrong, it's really, really bad. There, there, There are some things, if you get them, if you get them wrong, it's, it's, you know, if you're get your, your suit a little bit too tight, it's uncomfortable, but you know, you can still go swimming. If you get, you know, cheaper tires than you meant to, it's going to, you're going to be okay for a while. You get this wrong and it's, it's really bad.
1: Yeah, this is pretty important stuff.
0: And I'm, I'm just to, to, to set up our premise, some of the, some of the bad options. Can you come up with some suggestions on what people might find themselves pursuing Thinking they're pursuing Christianity, but they might be a few degrees off.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I suppose if you were trying somehow to earn back God's grace uh, through Christ's death on the cross, that would probably be a mischaracterization or understanding of Christianity.
0: And so, what would that what would that behavior look like?
1: Uh, it would look like exhaustion. I mean, think about all the do's and don'ts that you'd have to you'd have to hit it just right every day.
0: So that's trying to earn your way into heaven to oversimplify the the issue um which scripturally is categorically impossible.
1: Yeah. I heard but- someone say it's like trying to put God in your debt, like he owes you, you know. It's like the slot uh what is it vending machine you know you you drop in your coin hey i went to church read the bible today (laughs) things things better go well for me in the stock market so now you (laughs) now you owe me yeah
0: so that i i would agree that would be a very um misguided and and as a result of that i think that you would find whole swaths, probably most, most of the Bible would not really make any sense with that worldview. You'd be working really, really hard. Um, you would not be, and I, I hesitate to say this, but you would not be, I am going to say benefiting from that kind of Christianity, but I, I don't like, I don't like that word, I think. You would not actually be participating in biblical Christianity,
1: right? You would have created a different religion entirely, and then consequently, all of
0: the promises of Scripture would not apply to you.
1: That's a fact
0: because you're doing something else. Yeah, and um, so that—that's—that's that's an, a great example of why. We want to get this one right. Another one that I thought of is the, the, the point of someone's pursuit of Christianity could be, I need to know everything about the Bible so that I can be right about everything, and then everything will work out for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, a form of control in a chaotic, you know, world.
0: And I, I have thought that some of these things, if you take them to their logical end, the, the person who would be so driven to be correct, to be so correct, that they would devote themselves not to Jesus, but to biblical knowledge, that person would very likely turn out to be a very mean person.
1: Mm.
0: They would be gauging everybody they know by they don't they don't know what I know about Scripture. They haven't worked hard enough. Yeah, um, and I'm going to pummel them with my biblical knowledge, and yeah. um, that that can be an outcome. I don't know if it's necessarily, but
1: no, I, I can see that.
0: I I have met people like that. They are so. Biblically armed, but they have no love. They just want to be correct, biblically correct. Yeah. Um. And they're very difficult to be with, and you don't want to go bowling with them.
1: Yeah, I'm missing that uh, that love part. So that that is a
0: potential outcome of an overemphasis, and I would I would say it that way, because there's every good thing. About having biblical knowledge, and and um, learning scripture and what it means and what it says, but done badly and um, to a fault, you could become a very mean person.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if if um, this this other idea that I had is similar to the the first one. Tell me if I'm repeating myself, Dave. But all right, a good personism. You know, just um, being nice somehow and serving all the time, you know, to uh, because you want to you want to be a good person. Like you said, it's not bad to be a good person, but it sort of falls short of the essential part of the faith,
0: the singular purpose, for instance i i remember being at a end of the season soccer pizza party um i don't even remember which of my kids but it was the end of the season um the kids were off playing video games and i was left i don't know why i ended up at this thing without my wife but it was just me and i'm sitting with some other parents that we all barely knew each other eating pretty poor pizza and this this mom started talking about all the struggles that are this was years ago that were going on at the time um between different religions of islam and christianity and judaism and she says with confidence she says and the purpose of religion is to get along Mm -hmm. yeah and i i didn't want to get into a brawl you know Uh, at the end of a lovely pizza party but it seems it was so jarring to me like where did you where did you get
1: that just just yeah help you be a a good person and basically all religions are trying to help you be a good person
0: and 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 you mentioned in this perhaps in that mix that that mash up of of serving i'm going to just serve 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 you know maybe i'm going to go drill water wells in africa or maybe i'm just going to be a good guy here in town um but i'm and and when do you know when you've done that enough yeah and we're kind of back into the earning thing
1: yeah 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 and and so you're you're exhausted on that um that treadmill you know you're just running all the time trying to maintain a certain sense of your own good person identity
0: for which there's no end. You're never like, I did it today. I got there. Yeah. And I just need to maintain this now. Yeah. So th- these are, these are things. And I would suggest that not one of those things is wrong to do in your pursuit of Christianity. Uh, yeah. It, they, they, they are worthy aspects of a Christian, the pursuit of, of Christian maturity, but any one of them taken to an extreme or in isolation um, will almost by necessity create something very not Christian.
1: Yeah. It, it falls short because it seems like all those things ultimately have their root in some kind of self-centeredness. And not that um, God isn't also for us and wanting us to be blessed, uh, and there's a certain blessing that comes from, like you said, doing the right thing, yes, yes. helping other people. But that that self-centered motivation for for serving uh, falls short, or biblical knowledge, or Right. I, I think you're 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 right,
0: specifically on that. That I'm doing those things for me, to elevate myself or to make myself feel good or superior in some in some fashion. So I would suggest that one of the antidotes to the the kind of confusion that could lead to one of those areas, or perhaps there's there's more we could have elaborated on. The the antidote to those things is the pursuit of Christian of biblical Christianity is, and I don't know if it's the guardrails or the the road is itself is paved, but that it's relationship hmm. that Christianity is a religion of relationship. And if you figured out how to do it without relationship, you're off in the weeds. Yeah. And having just thrown that out there, do you do you have any,
1: any- Well, I was thinking about um the the sermon on the mount, you know, and and I think it's it's easy when we're starting at the beginning of the the New Testament and maybe we're first being introduced to Jesus and by chapter 5 you know he begins with some some pretty high standards of what it means to live life under God's authority and his kingdom and so it gives the impression that the Christian life is merely about obedience well that's
0: that's one of the the big ones that we didn't
1: elaborate on right
0: that trying to to be so good that Jesus has to take you in
1: yeah yeah and and so you know this idea about relationship uh with god seems much more nebulous than understanding what exactly and specifically god wants from us like what does he want me to do and what does he want me to not do
0: that which which would teeter on again gone bad taken to an extreme I did. the the term for this is legalism mhm that i'm going to as the the jews in jesus day and and prior you know, they've, they've got the 10 commandments, they've got the, the law and the Torah, but some of that's a little vague. So let's, let's make up some of our own to make sure. Cause what does it mean when God says, and to not work on the Sabbath? Well, that's, that's kind of vague. Well, let's specify. Yeah. And it got to be crazy. It, it got to be so impossible to, to actually comply with it was it was useless, and you were compelled to become a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't do it, and which you know is an indication that the whole system doesn't it doesn't work if nobody can do it. Yeah, yeah. You, your system is too complicated.
1: Yeah, and- yeah. If you're going to create a system, create one that you know you can do. <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah better than other people, hopefully, so you can brag about it.
0: so this this relationship concept um struck me with with some force some some time ago, um and helped me process this. But this relationship religion of Christianity, we were created in the garden, Adam and eve as our as our representatives. They were created to live in intimate relationship with God to speak and be spoken to, to, I, I think, and it describes in Genesis, Jesus, uh, God walking in the, in the cool of the day. And I think now I'm visualizing Adam and Eve, or they look at each other cause they hear God walking on dry leaves and <laughs> they both want to be the first one there to, tell him what the giraffe did today or, (laughs) and they, they want to tell him this, this funny story or ask him this question that they were debating about them. So they got to walk arm in arm with God, ask him questions, laugh with him, hear him laugh. This is what we were built for.
1: Yeah. It's hard to imagine a relationship unhindered by sin. It seems
0: so alien, Mm -hmm. but they were completely free. They could ask anything. They could say anything, and God would directly, verbally look at them eye to eye and respond as a loving father.
1: Yeah. and That's right. No insecurity there. No insecurity. Just absolutely free. To ask a dumb question or crack a dumb joke or whatever,
0: it seems i mean even speaking about it i I feel things inside mm-hmm, like my soul knows I was built for that, yeah, but of course, I've not experienced anything like that
1: no in fact um i've I've heard in recent uh well, I don't know how recent. For a while, I've heard criticism of this idea, Dave, uh, because it doesn't seem to, to jive with biblical masculinity, that the idea of intimacy with God is somehow a, a more feminine influence, and we as men are supposed to be courageous warriors for God, uh, not intimate with God. Have, have you heard of some of those kinds of criticisms of this idea? Well, I would like to find them and slap them. <laughs> Courageously. <laughs> yes. I, I would feel
0: confident. Um, I mean, that's the, David is the warrior poet. You we're we're supposed to experience the entire spectrum of, of emotion and relationship and, um, So, I to say that this, the intimacy, the relationship with God is less masculine. I mean, that's historically that I mean, there, there were poems written man to man, and it was not in any sexual context. It was just. Yeah. We that we want to be in a tribe, we want. To work together and to, you know, and I would, you know, my male experience is I want to build stuff with guys or break stuff with guys. And, you know, maybe yeah. if it goes really well, we get to burn something with guys, you know, like
1: I'm <laughs> in something for, up. <laughs> absolutely. I mean <Yeah. laughs>
0: I'm, I'm in for all of that, but there is a and it seems to me, and I've spent hundreds of man hours talking with 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 men they have a deep longing for connection and acceptance. And many of them have the longing, though they have never experienced the thing that they're longing for.
1: Well, I think that's just it. And that's what leads to the misunderstanding of the definition of intimacy. Because somehow uh, men have not been taught the the right way to have close relationships and then the have understood how to think about their own emotions and feel them and share them uh, in appropriate ways yeah. with with other men or or with women you know it's That's it's true. Uh, true too. Yes. something you're not supposed to do and so then of course it's going to seem like a foreign concept from another galaxy to say that the essential foundation of Christianity is intimacy with God.
0: Well, and I would, I would propose that exactly that that God created us in order to be an intimate relationship with him. That's the story of creation. Unfortunately, we're into chapter three and it gets all jacked up.
1: Yeah, that's and, right.
0: And yeah. and the rest of the Bible is God working, preparing, organizing to get it back.
1: Yeah, yeah. You and you see the opposition throughout the rest of the yeah, story. Yeah. So you know you've got a very clear and present danger who uh, shows up in chapter three and wants to derail that good thing that was happening before that. And
0: I I would suggest that as we have DNA, I I think we also have spiritual DNA and we have within us a longing for things we've never experienced. And that feels like a thumbprint of God to me on our souls. No, No animal longs for something that they've never seen or experienced. It just is it's not in them. Yeah. But this is in us. And we would like things to be perfect. We would like to not experience or see anything or anyone that we love die. We would love to not see anybody harmed. But we've never experienced that. I mean, how would we even know that that's a thing to long for? Yeah when it's never been seen or experienced. And so my my premise is that Christianity is, the singular point of Christianity is to be in intimate relationship with God. That's what we were created for. That's why God created us. And it got all messed up, like in the first couple of verses of chapter three of Genesis. and And so here we are, and if we think it's anything other than intimacy with God, I think the Bible just significantly doesn't make any sense.
1: No, and, and, and the very uh, basic understanding of the atonement is to make up for this inability that we have to stand before God in righteousness for that relationship. Like we're not allowed to be in his presence. We're separated from him because of our, our sins. So of course, at the very heart of, of the scriptures pointing ahead to Christ and then the story of Jesus. And then after uh, in the rest of the new Testament, it's it's all celebrating this coming back together, this way back into that close fellowship intimacy with god and as you just mentioned we certainly
0: have an enemy (laughs) yep We're, we're not on neutral territory and the first thing that he attacks is the relationship so you know eve you need to doubt god's love for you he doesn't want as much good for you as you do and he just directly attacks the relationship that, that that intimacy was was being wedged apart. Like now, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> you can't trust him. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have your best interest in mind.
0: Which which is the very the seed of sin is I I don't think God wants as good for me as I want. Yeah. So I have to go off on my own I have to move away from this intimate relationship and that's the, the the root of sin and the nature of the deception so we it's important to know that we have an enemy that's trying constantly to interfere with this relationship that that um, I think we all have a longing for
1: whether we yeah. understand it or not And and he, and he uses the carrot or the stick. You know, like he'll, he'll use any kind of incentive to make it seem more attractive to go away from God or use the stick to to convince us that pursuing God is somehow, um, a, a painful, horrible, bad things are going to happen. If you live your life as a Christian, you're going to miss out on all the, the good stuff.
0: I, I have recently was talking to someone and thinking about that very thing. As a kid, I remember, you know, the church calling us young men out to become godly men. That was our calling to become godly men. And I remember thinking, well, okay, so how would I know if I found one in the wild?
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah,
0: they, they didn't really describe what what that guy is. They just uh, become one. Become a Schmedley. Yeah okay. What, what, what's exactly do Schmedleys do? What are they like? Do they do they have? So, you know, are they capable of something? I'm not, I, and then nobody tells you.
1: It, it reminds me of the Skype hunt, Dave. Exactly. They're like, go out there and, and hunt for a Skype and come back when you get one.
0: <laughs> and I felt, I really felt like that. I was, and, and my doubt, my sinful doubt was if I give in completely to God, I'm going to wear stupid clothes I'm going to do things I don't want to do. Yeah, it's
1: going to be I'm gonna, terrible. I'm
0: going to have to say no to everything I wa- I like.
1: You have to listen to Sandy Patty.
0: And <laughs> and and <laughs> it because I didn't have anybody telling me, "Oh my goodness, son, if you have an intimate relationship with God, let me tell you what this looks like." Yeah. Because it's going to blow your mind. Right? And and it—it—it's it, everything that you were meant to be, and far exceedingly above, beyond anything that you're hoping for. Your your hopes are way too small, my my friend. You've got—I—I—I—I I, I, I didn't have that, and I long to do that for, for young people, for for young dads and parents. I—I I feel like we most of Christian, most of the Christians that I bonk into. They don't know what the singular purpose of it is, and consequently, they're not going to sacrifice or give up any of the stuff that's really kind of toxic. Yeah. In order to become something that they don't think they want to become, it's 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 confusion stacked on top of confusion. So, can you help me describe the? What a godly person, what a spiritually godly person, what they look like, what they think, what they feel, how they operate.
1: Yeah, I, I think you uh, mentioned one earlier. Uh, I think David is one that comes to my mind when I think of a person who understood and highly valued intimacy with God a short reading of Psalm 63 or 84 or any Uh, other Psalm, you know, 23, you you can understand that his uh, heart's desire was to be in the presence of, of God. He, he beholds him in his sanctuary and wants to be there all the time (laughs) because he's so good. It's better than life itself.
0: And, that's a man who has experienced the presence of God and over and over and over he's like I, I need more of that yeah I, I I my flesh longs for you my soul thirsts for you I mean those are I mean that's poetry but that's powerful
1: it's passion yeah he's pouring out his his heart
0: um i I think David is a great example, particularly of the the manly side of, of all of that. I, I I, a spiritual godly person, their prayers get stuff done. Yeah. And, and I have thought, you know, it's important to know what God wants from us. Mm -hmm. And I'm proposing today that that's intimacy. So God is wanting us to be in his arms and to be living much the way David described, though he didn't live like that every day of his life. But, um, and consequently, the question that, and Jesus would often ask this of people like, what do you want? Oh yeah. And it dawned on me just recently, well, what if, what if what I want is at a right angle, from what God wants Mm -hmm. and can you be in that condition and not, not know it. And I, I think the answer is absolutely yes.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's so many lesser uh, desires that are understandable, but they fall short of that ultimate thing that our hearts are most hungry for.
0: So, you know, and we're stepping into other big topics here but the the notion of of prayer, you know, and I've talked with guys, and they're like prayer it doesn't work i've I've prayed all my adult life, and I've never had a prayer answered and it you know with more discussion, what they were praying for was stupid.
1: <laughs> did you tell them that
0: i did they okay. were praying they were praying to not get caught for the sins that they were committing. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I said, God's not going to answer that prayer.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And if he did, you'd go out and do it some more.
1: Yeah. Cause
0: right. you'd have the false confidence that this doesn't matter. And so, I mean, there are terrible ways to be praying when, when you're at right angles of what God wants, he's not going to answer those prayers, but, and, and I would suggest the prayers of a righteous man. And I learned this in King James avail as much, um, That's a metaphor for I am, when a man wants what God wants and prays for it, hang on to something solid. Mm. Because God wants to answer those prayers.
1: Yeah, right.
0: That's a whole different category. And usually in my adult life, I have been trying to get God to want what I want. Uh. And I, I can tell you with confidence that doesn't work.
1: No, and uh, we're kind of on a theme here, but David was referred to as a man after God's Uh, own heart. uh And I've found so much insight in that when your chief delight is in the Lord, then, of course, he wants to help you uh, navigate your way toward him, toward him to having that thing that you want the most
0: that that really hit me like a train. Yeah. Like so God wants intimacy with me. If I want intimacy with him and trust that in that pursuit I will become the most me I've ever been, God will trust me with with power. He yeah. will he will trust me with the with prayer that is answered. I mean it's It's so far superior to, and I've figured out how to make a lot of money and get the stuff that I think, you know, the toys that will make me
1: happy. It's so hard. It's so hard to be that honest with ourselves, you know, uh, to really take the time and go, what is it that I really want? And why do I want that? I think if I could, if I could infect
0: the listener with anything today, I would implore you to sit down somewhere that you enjoy and that's perhaps beautiful and peaceful and ask, what do I want most? Hmm. Really? Um, Because I think when you say it, and, and you should say it out loud, you should verbalize it. I want... Um, things to go really well for me and the people I love. Yeah, that's well, a no,
1: that's a noble, good thing.
0: But the minute you say that, it sounds paper thin.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? What do you? Why is that thin?
0: That like I don't even know what that means.
1: Oh yeah. I would go like, well.
0: I would like things for everybody to be happy. Well, does that mean you never struggle? Does that mean you never are challenged? Does that mean you never grow and be I mean, that's that's a very shallow desire.
1: Wow. Yeah, it, it, but but understandable. So that exercise of saying out loud the thing that you think you really want the most requires. A follow-up question a a second step you know if if you say what i what i want the most uh, is security you know i just i just want to feel financially and relationally secure uh, in my life uh, to know kind of what i can expect from the future when there's so many difficult things and painful things and and yet if you do that exercise and say out loud i'm just longing for security is that the thing you're really longing for
0: yeah see i think that's a fair desire i think that's that's a good i mean that's a not good that perhaps that's a reasonable desire but there's something beneath it there's there's a longing there that yeah. if we could excavate underneath security my my and, and security can can implode into hyper control or you know all kinds of wacky things in order to get security yeah un- until the stock market crashes or the housing market turns upside down you know you wealth comes and goes so you're never actually secure
1: Come on, Dave, a- if you're serving at church and reading your Bible, <laughs> nothing bad's going to happen to you. Don't you know that? Oh, my goodness. So b-
0: beneath all of that is a longing for something bigger than you to take
1: care of you
0: in a way that will ripple through eternity.
1: Yeah, that's that's the real longing, you know, and, and if, if someone's trying to, to do this exercise and they're struggling, I think another way of thinking about it is sort of what Jesus did to the rich young man who came up to him and asked him. I love that good teacher. What must I do to have eternal life? And you remember what Jesus told him? But first of all, he said, why do you call me good? <laughs> 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 I love that about Jesus
0: kind of slapped he him down. A little the, bit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he threw him off. <laughs> But uh, eventually Jesus got around to telling him, there's one thing you lack. And, you know, maybe it's helpful in this exercise of discovering what it is that you really want to ask maybe the same question from the other way. What's the one thing I would never want to live without? That's, What's the one thing I wouldn't want to give up? I you think know? That's,
0: that's a fair question. Because, that, that yeah, you can get to it from kind of the, and I would say positive side, like what do I want? what do i what am I most afraid of? Yeah, you could get there perhaps either way
1: yeah right i I think for for me, for so long, uh I was afraid of insignificance, uh. and felt like I had to be driven to achieve. Some measure of notoriety and, and success in life, uh, so that I wouldn't just be the the poor kid raised by a single mom in some apartments. Hmm. You know, I didn't want to be obscure. I don't want to be right. mediocre. There was a need to experience something bigger and, and more. Right.
0: That's and that's a a fair desire. I would say there's something beneath that. Yeah. And i and as we're talking about this i i have kind of self-defined i mean desires are like i like tacos and <laughs> I might like robbing banks i mean some desires are fine <laughs> and some yeah. are some are really bad you need to not do that
1: what about movies about robbing banks
0: no that's totally if they're funny it's okay. especially okay <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um so desires are just kind of they can be okay or they can be something that you really need to resist and, and fight against. Yeah. Longings to me are exclusively God given. Mm. And they are intended to operate as a homing device.
1: You know, like a trail of breadcrumbs back to him.
0: Yeah. I, I, I fear that I'm never going to feel secure well, the, the way to feel secure is to want what God wants, and that outcome is for sure. Now, I don't know if in that path I'm going to be driving a Lexus
1: mm-hmm. or,
0: or perhaps a bicycle. Yeah. But when I get there, when God brings me to that spot, I'm going to love it. Hmm. I'm going to be firing on all cylinders. I'm going to be co-laboring. This is back to that description of what does a godly spiritual man look like. I'm co-laboring with God. I'm taking back territory from Satan that he illegitimately took away. I'm, I'm helping prisoners be set free. I'm giving hope to the hopeless and the oppressed. I mean, this is this is marvel movie kind of stuff
1: yeah that's right yeah and like we're that.
0: we're invited in fact we were created for it and so now i would i would be happy to ride a bicycle and participate in stuff that will ripple through eternity and that's what happens when i i can get myself to where I am wanting what God wants. Yeah. And yeah. when you begin to taste some of that, going back just is stupider and stupider. Hmm. And then that's why David would say, all I want my highest goal is to, to live in in your temple.
1: Yeah, to be near you. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life.
0: And that doesn't make any sense if I would much rather be surfing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: if I want to participate in freeing people and altering history, eternity forward, anything God wants is what I was created to want if I'm just not being deceived and confused and, and, yeah. uh, so, and, and then I'm in a relationship, the relationship that I was meant to thrive in and that I can totally trust. I will never be betrayed by the relationship with God. I will never be let down. In fact, eternity is going to be a, a forever slapping of my forehead as I'm learning entirely new ways to love God, reasons to love God, to be yeah. amazed by God forever.
1: Yeah, and to be set free from that uh, nagging feeling that he doesn't really want you.
0: Oh, what a deception. That That, that is the opposite of biblical Christianity.
1: Yeah, uh, but it's so difficult. I mean, from the time we're little, we're looking yeah. in the mirror and we're feeling like, oh, I, I couldn't possibly... <laughs> Be of any interest to him?
0: Yeah, which which is, I mean, heresy is not strong enough. Or I mean, it's the antithesis. Yeah, of Scripture of what God wants, what Jesus came to do. It's it's just so so upside
1: down. That's right. I think that's why I love so much um, Romans chapter eight. It is one of my my favorite scripture passages when it comes to that relationship Mm -hmm. that God wants for us to have with him. And particularly when he says, but nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And he goes down a list of things that that can't separate you. It's like all the the worst things that could ever happen to you. Uh, And none of it can ever separate you from his love.
0: And if that doesn't describe relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, well, I, I hope in our, in our time, we have perhaps given some imagery to, to what God is calling us to. And what he is after is not really, really, really good behavior. Or he's not looking for the person who's going to serve and break their back the most.
1: Yeah.
0: He just wants us in his arms. And he wants us to want to be in his arms. And then everything in the Bible starts to make sense. And we get to do incredible things that we wouldn't even dare say out loud, but that we were created for. And, and I love to talk to young men like this because it's I was sort of taught, you know, if you're going to be a Christian man, you're going to grow up to be really kind. Like that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind is okay, but <laughs> I want to drive fast and jump off a roof and <laughs> yeah, and do awesome stuff. And I we were created to do awesome stuff. The stuff yeah. that God that God wants to accomplish. So I I I don't know how reasonable it is to ask somebody to ask their own question by themselves. You, it would probably be best to find somebody who knows you and Mm. say, the thing I think I want most is this and have them give you some feedback. Like, no, it's not. You never work toward that at all. Or, well, that sounds kind of stupid and shut. You know, you you might need somebody else to help you recognize some things
1: no that's right i'll, I'll tell you um for me a, a major breakthrough in in how we approach intimacy with god it, it, it was a step before that um before that part you're talking about of, of getting with some other people or a person and and talking about it i i remember in, in college uh, while on a mission trip, uh, you know, every day, this is what's great about a mission trip is every day you wake up and you're with people who are pursuing God and, and you're there for a purpose. And all those other distractions were put to the side. And so I, I remember um, studying the scriptures a lot more than I normally would. And, and just all of a sudden having this sense that there was something more that I was missing and I wanted it. And I remember going to bed. uh, I think it was a Sunday night and I just prayed before I went to bed, before I just drifted off to sleep. And I just said, God, man, I want to know you more. I want to know you as much as it's possible to, to know you and to enjoy you and be closer to you. And just, it was a prayer for intimacy. I didn't know that I was praying for intimacy with God, but the next morning, Something strange happened that I was not really expecting. And this is probably not what our listeners would expect either if they were to pray that prayer. But I experienced a grief like I'd never experienced before in my life, an emotional pain as if the person closest to you in your life had suddenly died. Mm-hmm. And I felt like crying and I didn't understand it. And it was strange for me. And and I was supposed to meet the rest of the mission team for breakfast. So I tried to pull myself together and, and go downstairs. But instead of turning left where the team was eating breakfast, I took a right out the exit. And I literally hid in the shrubbery <laughs> outside of the building and, and wept. And I, I can't imagine what would have happened if someone would have found me just crying yeah. in the bushes. And I couldn't understand it. I was just asking God, like, what is the matter with me right now? But as I had time to process it, you know, later after that catharsis and that just emptying of, of myself, um, it was this sensitivity to pain that was necessary for me to re-engage my heart with God. I had so effectively pushed aside all of the most painful experiences of my childhood and my youth so that I wouldn't have to feel the pain. I wouldn't have to deal with those things. And God walked me through every single one of those memories in this really powerful way as I cried in the bushes. And um, I just cried about each one of those terrible childhood and teenage experiences and then i could breathe it was like breathing oxygen for the first time and it, it did not it did not escape me that it was an answer to the prayer yeah but not in a way that i expected
0: what a what a great story
1: and oh and it's great because it's all true <laughs> <laughs> better, even, better. even better
0: i i think your your longing grew yeah God grew your longing for him and it helped things f- to come into perspective and there was healing from past i mean you were it feels like you were invited into a whole new level of relationship
1: and, and invited into a new level of pain
0: and tr- true you you to enter into a relationship is a risk yeah and to defend yourself from ever being wounded means no relationships.
1: That's right. You can't. It doesn't work. If you cut off your heart and you just go numb, it's like a switch. Yeah. And and all growing up, I thought, oh, this is an effective way to cope with emotional pain. I'll just turn the switch off and not think about it. But then you turn the switch off to the good stuff, too. Well,
0: I've, I was just going to say, I, I learned that when a person and i spend most of my time with with guys and and when they turn off the you know the the pain or the the loneliness you know whatever the, the emotion you 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 can't selectively turn off an emotion you throw the master switch
1: it's the master switch
0: you turn off joy you turn off everything you cannot selectively Trim your emotions to where you feel good, but and safe. It's and so, no. so. So, what a great story, Nathan! What a thank you for telling us that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's just the way intimacy has to work. It has to be all of your heart, including the pain. But there was healing. That's right. <laughs> that is that is the beautiful part of it. Yeah. That's
0: and I think that's some of what a godly man looks like is I don't have to carry around everything that I used to carry around. Mm. there, There is there is healing as we pursue. God, as we learn to want more what he wants, there's freedom and and healing and power as well. So I think you're right. I think the first step is what do you do you want an intimate relationship with God? And if you do, you get to pray for that. Yeah. And that's a prayer God absolutely, he does, absolutely wants to answer.
1: But watch out, you might be under a shrub crying the next day. You
0: you might need to run off into the wilderness and (laughs) and weep loudly. Um, And then you can divine what, what you are what you're want most that might be at odds with that desire, that yeah. longing to be intimate with God. Thank you, Nathan. What a great way to, to wrap, wrap that, this whole topic that meandered really quite a bit, but.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up and, and uh, it, it can be a scary topic. I mean, it's just so big and broad. It's like, where do we even begin? But uh, it's a joy talking about it. Well, and, and so important. I, I hope. I hope that
0: somebody enjoys it as much as I had. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for doing this with me again. Yeah. This, this has been another episode of the Parenting Pathway podcast, and we would love to engage with you on these topics and um, hear your input, your questions, and um, get back to you via email. This is a not an easy journey. It can be confusing, um, and we have an enemy who is trying to confuse us. So, as we often say, as we always say as we round off one of these one of these podcasts, don't do parenting and don't try to do life
1: alone. Thanks for being with us.